Legends with Bevo presents the Bevo and Biggie Show. Well, good day and welcome to another edition of the Bevo and Biggie Show. And we're joined by another superstar this week. Of course, at the moment, the Australian Ninja Warrior is doing great things on the Nine Network and one of our very own South Australian superstars, Celeste Dixon, joins <laughs> us today. Great to have you on the show, Celeste. Hey, guys. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to have you on, Celeste. Oh, showing your muscles. Mate, I've got, I got bigger to, ones. I'm stoked that you've got a jacket on tonight because I reckon you'd make me look terrible. <laughs> And I've set the camera up in just a perfect way that I can just make myself look just that like, little like lean into the camera. Oh, you know it, girl. So I know you're a little trick, so I'm just trying to make myself feel a bit better to show you about something fierce. <laughs> now tell me, um, how do you guys know each other? Uh, through Rep Wave at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of saw Geordie, well, it was a press opportunity that he couldn't make yeah we, um, we, we were getting ready for the la fitness expo yeah and um we they needed a photo op and they wanted a photo op with a, a, a champion gymnastics and um ninja warrior and they wanted a strong man at the same time and unfortunately i was i believe i was coaching that day mm. and um my good friend rasmus who's sa strongest man many times pictured me bigger and taller and more Swedish, uh, <laughs> took my spot and um, him and Celeste met each other and Raz was like, dude, you need to meet this chick. She's like, she's got some skills, man. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, she's, she's like strong, fit and like, yeah, just a machine. Just little. And then we sort of got chatting and worked out. We actually had a fair few friends in common and we go to the same gym now. And, um, yeah, mate, that was basically how it started <laughs> off. And, yeah, like I said, so let's not a fair few people in the, in the circus world as well. So Yeah. Oh, that, that's wonderful. And, Biggie, you're wearing a uh, Flex Fitness Equipment T-shirt. We'll give them a shout-out today. Thanks to Tanya and the crew. We've got a sponsor. How good is that? <laughs> He's Flex. Mate, we're actually, Celeste, give us a Flex for Flex. <laughs> <laughs> Bam, baby girl, there you go. Yeah, big shout out to Flex for coming on board and sponsoring us. And it's nice to have again Celeste on for the first show from Flex Fitness sponsorship. So, Celeste, give us a bit of a rundown on, on your history and background. Um, what was to come up? So, most people would probably know you off Ninja Warrior, uh, Dead Set Superstar, one of the first ladies to make it all the way to give that buzzer a smash. Um, <laughs> Um, so my whole family is very sporting in history. My, I have a Australian netballer auntie. Um, she used to pay for Australia back when I was a little kid. Um, and I used to idolize her and how she was involved in sport. My dad was a Australian triathlete. My mum was also a Australian cricketer and my cousin and my uncle are also 
Australian surfers. Wow. <laughs> Can we get your whole family on here? Can we do like a, a <laughs> less family sharing? Bevo, we've got a, we've basically got a whole Australian team sports in a family. On both sides, like my dad's side is very cardio-based and my mum's side is very acrobatically sort of based, I guess, because I've also got... Uh, Oh, shoot, what's it called? Like Formula One, not Formula One, but normal street cars. My cousin races them as well, and he's pretty good. Whoa, unbelievable. And my actual uncle on my mum's side, I think it's my step-uncle, is also a race car driver. Wow, that's an impressive family. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's in the genes. It's definitely in the genes. Um, I don't know. I've just always been brought up with sport there. So when I first started doing anything, I was two and a half and mum got me involved in jazz ballet because I was a hyperactive kid. Um, When I was three, I got to play Shirley Temple because I have really, really curly hair despite it always looking straight. Um, So they dressed me up as Shirley Temple and I couldn't keep still. Is the only time I've ever worn a dress was when I was three. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I got kicked out of the um, jazz ballet group because I just caused too much trouble and wouldn't listen. So they sent me to, I guess you'd call it play group now or play and fun or whatever you want to call it. And by chance, I got bored one day and just chucked a back salt on the trampoline when I was about four. Oh, Um, that's impressive. I can't even do that now. <laughs> I don't, well, that's what this, that's the story I get told, so I don't know whether it's actually true. No, I, I believe just... it. <laughs> <laughs> um, through primary school, they said that I was uncoordinated. So oh, yeah, totally. So when I was five, they sent me to like a coordination gymnastics thing and I basically just breezed through it and just kind of run amok. <laughs> From there, I kind of got into gymnastics in a club way. I went to Karana, which is literally five minutes down the road now. Um, And then I was there for, I reckon, maybe eight months. And I got scouted by the South Australian Sports Institute of Gymnastics, which was at the other end of the car park at Marion Leisure Centre. And they literally grabbed me at the door, took me down, went and did like a strength mobility flexibility test and then was there for the next 12 years of my life. (laughs) Wow. So I did elite gymnastics up until 2001 or just after 2000. Um, I was living in Canberra for a year. I moved over after being chosen to be in the Australian team and then all the rules changed for the 2000 Olympics in 1998 and it got announced that you had to be turning 16 the year of the Olympics. So that meant I missed out even though I was already in the team. So I missed out by literally three months just because of a birthday. And for an athlete, especially then, not so much now, but for an athlete then, when you were 16, that was kind of the end of your career for a girl in gymnastics. It was hard to push it beyond that, whereas now you get more gymnasts getting to the competing age of 16 and they're waiting, 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 and it's more extended now to about 21 
you'll see like the peak of the gymnast a female um female's gymnast career is probably about peaking at 19 and 20 years old and they kind of resign or whatever you want to call it when they turn 21 22 there is some gymnasts who man there's one who she should have been doing her eighth olympics She's from Yugoslavia. I remember seeing her. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. I have so, so much respect for her. She's got two kids. She's like 47 years old. I'm like, holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, unreal. Yeah, then I kind of just left everything altogether, finished high school, um, didn't do any sport whatsoever for about four or five years. And then I ran into an old coach um, and got coaching gymnastics again. And because I was in the gym, I just did things. I just started training. I, you know, started training for a few, I think it was about six months. And I went back and competed in masters and won. <laughs> and then, uh, hey, look, the pressure that you put on your body, you don't actually realize. And it's all mentally, you think to yourself, I can still do it because mm. your body knows the process of what it's supposed to do, but the, the actual physicality of doing that is completely different now that you're bigger, you're heavier. You can preach to the converted. So it's a lot different as soon as you get older. Um, but before I left the elite stream in Adelaide and moved over to Canberra, my last coach was the first person to do aerial silks for Cirque du Soleil. And, and oh, wow. I saw him perform at it like a, a competition we had over the road. And I was like, oh, my God, you've got to teach me. You've got to teach me. I want to know how to do it. And all I remember him saying to me was, you're not strong enough. When you're strong enough, I'll teach you. And all the time I was like, you've got to teach me. You've got to teach me. You've got to teach me. His name is Dimitri Kalini. Um, and he's now head coach of the High Bar Act again from Allegria. Um, yeah, and I moved over to the UK for about four years and was living over there and then some had some home issues with my mum. Um, so I came home and kind of just got back into sport and I had messaged Dimitri and was like, is anyone doing this in Adelaide? And he put me onto Craig from Aerial Artists. Um, sorry. He put me on to... <laughs> Wanted Woman, Ninja, Ninja, Warrior is on, Ninja Warrior is on TV and everyone's messaging. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, this is the one that's happened on this show. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I got into aerial arts that way. Um, and then from there, I kind of fell in love with gymnastics kind of circus all over again. And then a few years back, probably what, five years ago now, my partner at the time comes home from work one day and was like, oh, so-and-so saw an Adam in the paper. I think you should apply. And I'd watched it on TV, like American Ninja Warrior. I'd watched it and I'm like, oh, I can totally do that. And I've always wanted to do Wipeout. And I've always wanted to do, yes. be on Gladiator, all the <clears throat> corny stuff. But Gladiator and um, Wipeout, they were like the ultimate. Just imagine gold, a little yeah. person trying to run across those big red balls. It's not going to happen. You would and kill it's not Wipeout. Pretty. You'd kill it. I know you, Slash. You'd kill it. 
And yeah, so I applied and went to do the physical test that you do. Um, the application was quite intense and it's still quite intense. The physical side of doing the testing at the time I found quite easy, except for the skipping. I learnt that I couldn't skip. <laughs> I can't skip. Hold on, hold road. on, hold on, hold on. You were like strong. You could do a backflip of four years old. You probably could flip a truck. You could probably spin the earth the other way around if you really wanted to. Yeah. But skipping was the hardest thing you had to learn. I just couldn't do <laughs> What's that I got was, to do with Ninja Warrior, though? Skipping? I, was, I think you. it was to just test your cardio because it was like a 20-minute fitness test and there's no break in between. Ah. Oh. Um, so everything went for a four, there was a four minute block and you had 30 seconds to sort of move on to the next thing. Um, and I ended up skipping, like if the rope is coming here, I ended up having to go because I couldn't jump. <laughs> I couldn't work it out. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm 29 years old and I can't skip. She, and then she went straight back to that learning class she did at primary school when they thought she was uncoordinated and they sent her yeah. back there again. <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of funny. But I remember I got onto the show with actually another person that you know, Geordie. Um, I got onto the show with Carly Hunter, who's oh, yeah. a pole dancer in Adelaide yep. and she owns um, the Pole Boutique pole on boutique, South yeah. Road. She's another world champion as well. Yeah. And it's just like Adelaide is so small. And so then you, we got, started... you got on there with another friend of ours, Kwame, who, is, <laughs> who, who has the biggest biceps on any I episode have... of Ninja Warrior Bevo. I don't know. I... We, you know what? We probably should do one of these with Kwame. This guy is a, he's oh, a wonderful that bodybuilder. Yeah. bodybuilder. Yeah. He's a world champion. Snapped his bicep off when he was 23, so did the same injury as me. And he messaged me telling me he was going to go on this show. And, I, and he's like, do you want to go on? And I said, no. I said, I don't Smart. want to be the person that breaks the whole damn thing. I said, we're Celeste and you, you know. Like, yeah, nah, I'm, I met Kwame last year and in the green room. Now, this will give you some size. So, And I have it on video too. I need to post it actually. The only yeah. thing we could find at the time was a electrical extension cord we didn't have a tape measure or anything and I measured around my waist with the electrical cord and then we measured around his leg guess what was bigger his leg yeah <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if you measured around his arm and your waist and his arm was bigger it was like my waist was this much tinier, so like four inches smaller than one of his legs alone. And I, I just, I still can't get over it. It was very, very impressive. Yeah, that's not, <laughs> yeah, that just does big, not surprise me, that boy. <laughs> does not surprise me. So this has basically brought you to Ninja Warrior, where this is just, Bevo, this is a lot of stuff I didn't even know. This is. It's just your background is unbelievable, Celeste. Like, yeah, I have can, fun. Can you drive? Can you drive on the rest of them or are you like a, a bad, bad driver? Uh, I can't drive manual unless I'm really put under pressure. Okay, so, so you're not like the driving side of the family, obviously. <laughs> I like sitting in the passenger seat and just going for the drive. <laughs> <laughs> so, Celeste, tell us about your very first experience on Australian Warrior. 
Um, what was it like sort of competing in front of, you know, a big crowd, a big audience, obviously um, thousands of people watching at home on TV and, you know, being your, everyone looking at you, knowing you're the yeah. centre of attention? I think I remember, the, <laughs> I remember the first time it was very late and they had said at the beginning of the day, because it was in Sydney for the first two years, they had said at the beginning of the day, and it made me feel awful. Uh, <laughs> if we think you'll make it, we'll put you on if we run out of time. It was the very first night that they were recording the heats and it was getting quite late, we'll say that. It was past morning and the sun was soon to coming up, soon to be coming up. They have a curfew to stop filming at a certain amount of time to do with the noise. Um, and it hit that curfew and they're like, we need a girl, we need a girl. And they had six of us warming up, guys included, and then they're like, right, okay, you, 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 you and you, you're all coming up to the stage right now. So there was literally a two-minute warm-up, a bit of this. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, Celeste, you're up, you're last. I'm like, what? There's like six other people in front of me, they need to go as well. And they're like, we don't have time. And I'm like, oh, crap, that means they think I'm going to make it. <laughs> and I remember walking up the stairs in this big puff of smoke and just standing there going, oh, my God, everything's so huge. <laughs> and I just remember looking over and looking at my dad because my mum, it was the first year that um, my mum actually didn't go. I had my dad there because he lives in Sydney, so it was convenient. Um, my two brothers and my partner and actually one of my good friends from the aerial club, Jamie, she was there too. And I jumped on the quintuple step, the first one, the buzzer went and I jumped on the first one and then I looked across at the other one and I went, that's a bloody long way. Uh, I don't know whether I'm going to make that, but I made it across. So I made it across all five of them and I could just hear my dad. I couldn't hear anything else and I could just hear my dad going, just keep going, just keep going. And then the second obstacle for me was this thing called a silk slider. And I'm like, great, got this one in the bag. <laughs> I got this one. I hang on to this all the time. But it was different material. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but it was, it was fit. Now that I look back at it, it, everything was so daunting because it was so massive. People don't understand the scale of the obstacles when you're actually on them versus seeing them on TV. They are ginormous. Like those first steps, even this season, they went back to them because they needed to improve on time. They needed people to fly through the first obstacle to make the course faster. And do you think it made it easier for you mentally that, you had no time to think about it. They just picked you. Because by the sounds of this, it sounds very daunting. It sounds like if you sat there for a long period of time, you could have overthunk it and could have overdone it. By the sounds of it, you literally just got shoved in there and said, Good Yes luck. and no. Yes okay. and no. And I, I will say that because you literally have from 6 a.m. that previous morning, you have almost 19 hours to think of how you're going to do that course, okay? But they only, like, 
you're stressing about what the obstacle is. They, they pick you up from the hotel at six and you go through all the interview process. You have photography shops all day. You have lunch, you have a break, you know, it's, it's, it's very TV and it's great. It's a great experience. And from the first year I learned a lot, Mm. like a lot. Mm. (laughs) I learned what they were after. I learned, you know, what TV is. And a lot of people don't realise that apart from being an athletics show and showing ability and skill and talent, it is a TV show. So it does have to hit all those boxes and people need to remember that. I love this, Bebo. This is so like my first year at World's Strongest Man Qualifiers. I was 21 years old. Um, I'd come up through the ranks in Strongman in Australia. Um, you watch it as such a young kid and you think the world's just your oyster mm-hmm. when you get to television. I remember we were lining up for event number one. It was a Keith Carey. The cameras, Foxtel, ESPN. Everywhere, the MC's there, you've got all the lighting and everything on you, the crowds around you. Yeah. But everything is set for television. Yeah. We were ready to go, warmed up, ready, and the guys on the TV isn't ready. 20 minutes we stood there waiting. We didn't get a chance to warm up again. We stood there and waited. And they're like, cool, TV's ready. Ready? And I'm like, huh, what? Yeah. They're like, go. You know, it's people like you were just saying, so let's say, don't understand exactly how it works and my first year i remember my last event in on day two they were running out of tv time and because i was the youngest guy there and the most inexperienced and to be honest the shittest guy there because the rest of the guys were world's strongest man competitors and i was just some 21 year old from australia they cut me they didn't actually give me a time a chance to do the event they just said dns yeah or dnn did not finish yeah and it's amazing the learning curve I had from that to understand that how it everything, works. Everything is for television. They're going to look at someone and pick them not because of their necessarily their athletic ability, but if they're going to sell shirts, sell merch, sell ratings, etc., etc. It's amazing how again, like yourself, Celeste, you understand because you've come from a sporting background, as I came from weightlifting, and you came from gymnastics, and we've both gone through into sports that sports that are made for television. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very kick in the butt sort of type of feel when you first get out there. But, you know, once you learn what the promoters or the directors, what they want, then you can appeal, appeal to that yeah. with your strengths and whatever they are. And, it's and if, your strengths, if your strengths happen to fit into that category, then that's great for you. And that's... Mm. I'm just so privileged that that's what's happened for me. I've been what they've been after at the right time in the right circumstance. Like there are so many talented ninjas or athletes, whatever you want to call them, Mm. who don't get shown, Mm. who don't get picked, who like there's a guy in South Australia, his name's Jim Delderfield. Without doubt, he would be hands down my pick the best ninja we have in south australia he has been on the first series of the show and he wasn't shown because he had a mind slip on the second obstacle fell off and kind of wasn't given another shot again so So brutal isn't it it is but like i said you have to appeal to that right market yeah absolutely understand the game basically it's it's a game to be played and it's 
again, understanding the rules of the game aren't what you think. It's not like going out into a football pitch or a yeah. soccer pitch and the, the, the whistle gets blown and then it's a game. It's a very, <laughs> like you said, TV-orientated sport. It's about is the TV-orientated. It is. But another yeah. important thing to realise as an athlete, and this is something that I've learnt more about myself every year and about everyone else is the TV show isn't the be all and end all. It's not that you like Jim's my mate, Luke's my mate, all the other ninjas who apply for the show and don't get on. We're friends. We all talk, we all train together. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter how good or how bad you are. We don't care. And we still have our own mini competitions and we have our own ninja league within Australia. In fact, there's two. And we're the ones who create that community. We're the ones who guide it. We're the ones who love each other for it. And we're the ones who back each other. The TV show comes second. That's awesome. Like it's about the community and it's about that involvement. It's not about TV. That's very spoken like a a true elite athlete and that is the level you guys are at and that is kind of the things you learn as an elite athlete, how things... Again, these are all the learning curves you have by being an elite in in a sport and in a show and really impressive and it's it's good for people that will see this uh, and see you and understand that these are the things that they're going to go through, especially with your gymnastics yeah. and being an elite athlete, but they're going through the song like this. That's, that's really, really good. I feel and like that's, even, sorry. I feel yeah. like that's the biggest learning curve I've taken from being an elite gymnast and then yeah. changing to a, a sport like this is gymnastics is very one-minded especially in the elite stream, not so much in the American sort of college scheme. We don't have that here in Australia, unfortunately. Um, But in terms of the elite stream in Australia, it's in my day, it may be different now. It was very, that's your competition. You don't watch, you don't look, you don't see their mistakes. It's all about you. You're the only person who you care about. You don't care about anything else. It's you, 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 you. The coaches is focused on you. Your parents are focused on you. Everything is about you. And then now it's like a complete backflip. I don't care about me. I care about everybody else. (laughs) I just want to have fun. (laughs) And that's the community aspect of it. And I find that climbing or bouldering is almost identical. As much as we're working as individuals and we all want to win individually, the amount of time that you spend as a team and work together is unbelievable and that's what makes ninja so brilliant i love it celeste i just want to ask you about this year's course though um because there's been a lot of talk and people saying it's one of the hardest courses ever or is that just simply a um a tv media you know thing trying to trying to build the ratings again (laughs) definitely not uh the obstacles that we have had this year in the heats um, and then even last night and tonight in the semifinals, holy crap. The, <laughs> uh, the distance between obstacles has increased tenfold. Normally a standard distance in the show is just over two metres, so maybe max 2.2. 2. 
they've extended that in the heats to 3.5. Wow. That is ginormous. Like, and for someone of my size, it seems almost impossible, but it is possible. It's just a matter of working out how to do it. <laughs> um, the course is a lot harder this year. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very That's interesting. Awesome. That's so good. Hey, Bevo, do you know um, Celeste has actually done a few fringe shows herself as well? She's an oh, absolute. God. I don't know. I went and watched her show this year. I snuck in. I actually tried to get to see one of her shows one night and I was late and they told me to get the hell oh, out really? of here. I, yeah, I tried to sneak in. Blame and it I, on I, Corona. <laughs> but I know Celeste, like, we don't care. I'm like, no. So we, we snuck in there one night and had a watch, mate. She was unbelievable. What was the Fringe Show, Celeste? And give it a little bit of a shout out. Uh, the Fringe Show was by Carly Hunter. Um, it was created by her. The story was by her. It was called Lost. Um, so it was kind of like a, a contemporary dance with aerial stuff, I guess. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> George Newman, <laughs> come on, fill us in on it. I was just, I was just in it. <laughs> um, I, I got to play a character that was great for me, someone with absolutely no emotion. Um, I, t <laughs> I have emotion, but not that much. I don't show it that often. I might laugh and I might, you know, be angry, but most of the time I'm pretty, what is it, resting bitch face. <laughs> I have that quite a lot. I get told that a lot. Mate, um, it was awesome. Watching you, you're absolutely unbelievable on the stage. And like I said, you've done one beforehand, but I'm going to sort of bring it up and just go, what What's next for Celeste? What is, I know it's me and Bevo, we've, we've spoken about this on every, I think every chat we've had is the world is a real weird and funky place. Um, yeah. You know, we're all, we're all home a lot more than we ever have been, I guess, for you and me with the. With the acro and the circus and all that stuff, so it's very hard for us to do a lot of training with other people and with social distancing 1.5 mm -hmm. and Melbourne being the way it is and making everybody's lives hard as usual as Victorians tend to always do. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess what's next for you? What what's the goals? What's the future hold for? I, I think I think for myself in terms of just this year, I do a lot with the Premier's Be Active Challenge over the past couple of years. So I volunteer my time and I go out to schools and help kids understand how important fitness is in their day-to-day -day life. Um, I think that's really important, especially with so much screen time these days. Um, like, I don't care whether you just go for a walk or you go down the park. That's exercise. You're off a screen, you're not sitting on your ass. you know, it's something that they're up and active and, you know, cognitive is good. <laughs> um, I think for other than that, because that even may become non-doable, um, I've teamed up with Ultra Athlete, which is James, Newsbury, James Newbury's little baby, and yep. you yourself have done that as well. Indeed. Um, I got asked to do a few videos in terms of gymnastics transferring and some skills in terms of how to do things that maybe just the wording is different or the way that someone would teach it is different. Um, so I've helped out with a few of his videos. I've started doing a, 
an online abs guide. <laughs> a lot of abs. Like, I love, 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 love finishing all my workouts with abs. I just, I always have done it and it's something that I continue to do. And like, I mean, finish as in like, I do it for 45 minutes and that's still not enough. Wow. Um, so Impressive. I've got, I've got that going at the moment. I kind of just add to the videos because there's so many exercises you can do. I guess sort of online content is where everything in gyms is kind of heading, which works good for me. Um, I really want to do season five of Ninja Warrior if it goes ahead. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, this year I actually want to train for it though. Uh, the past season, I didn't train for it at all. So the one that was, well, I was doing the fringe. I I had to, I didn't have enough time. You're crazy. When, How do you go that well with no training? That's unbelievable. The fringe tra- my fringe training was pretty intense. Like I could get through six routines and not be out of breath. So if you train to the capacity where you're so overloading, I was strong. I reckon I was probably the fittest I've ever been when I did this season. Um, I was strong. I was lean. I was the right weight, the right height. I was good to go, except I was. I hadn't trained. <laughs> Bevo, I can I can vouch that circusy chart style training, mate, can mm. oh, can turn you around pretty quickly, buddy. And that's coming it, from a guy that was. A nice rotund 135 kilos on the performance stage. Yeah. You know. It's like, surprising so how much it helps. Most yeah. of less said she was not out of breath after her whole show. No. Nah. I was out of breath walking onto the stage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's super impressive. And Celeste, before we let you go, what sort of other outside interests do you have, um, you know, as well as ninja and gymnastics? Um, I love a bit of coffee. I'm a, I'm a bit She's of a coffee Oh, give it a shout out. Where do you work? <laughs> I work at Travel and Strife on Goodwood Road. Oh, very nice. Yeah, give that I a lo- shout out. <laughs> I, love, I, love a good, I love a good coffee and I love going out for breakfast and I love eating croissants and cake and food. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm shocking. I'm so this bad. Is Jenny's Bakery. This that you could create a fridge on. Yeah, seriously, and, and, mate, absolutely. Get those croissants and cakes, Bevo. That's what's hey, going to give you work hard, play things. hard, and enjoy. Yeah. It. yeah, good on you. I don't know. Definitely eat what you can whilst you can. Yeah, exercise as much as you can. Exactly. I like that. I like it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Celeste Dixon, thanks so much for joining us today on the Bevo and Biggie show. It's been a real pleasure having you on. Yeah, big clap. <laughs> um, you're doing wonderful things on the Australian Ninja Warrior and, um, and outside of that as well. Keep up the great work and, and we look forward to following your journey down the track. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Celeste, so me. much, matey, for being on the show. You're an absolute superstar. Thanks, guys. <laughs>